0: Well then, you should be clicking record because that's what we're here to do. Oh my God! let record a goddamn podcast. Okay,
1: I'm recording. Okay, what okay. Now, are bitch? you recording what now? What are we doing now?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, we're gonna do the clap. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. One, two, three. Did you clap?
1: You could have. You could have seen me. Do you want to do it again?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Hey. Oppa! Huzzah! In other words as well.
1: experienced something horrifying uh something that really uh paralyzed me um with uh fear and uh, anguish and devastation so
0: yeah no 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 no. wait hold on what happened Christopher <laughs> tell me all about I it I fucking hate you um, <laughs> <laughs> well what was it what, what okay was look this I'm a I'm an intro- I'm,
1: I'm an introvert right you know
0: oh no does somebody come to your door
1: Hold on. It's worse than that. Way worse than <gasps> that. Yeah. And also, I had my headphones on. I was listening to music. And you, you know how I am. If I'm, like, walking, listening to music, I'm in uh-huh. my own world, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same.
1: Yeah. So, I'm taking my walk. I've been walking a lot, working out oh, a no, lot. Oh, no. You're
0: outside? I'm outside. Where the people are?
1: Where people are.
0: Fuck that.
1: And I'm, you know, I'm, listen- I'm listening to some Megan Thee Stallion going, body, yada yada, yaddy, you know? Body, yada, yada, yaddy, yada, yaddy,
0: yaddy, 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 yaddy.
1: And all of a sudden... A murder of children. <gasps> at least 12 of them. In a line. Walk Ooh. right up in front of me and say hello. Why? Just to be nice.
0: Ah.
1: And I was like, what the no. fuck are you
0: doing? No, why? No. Were they like all wearing the same uniforms? Or was there is there a team event? Why were they doing this? Uh, there's a school, I need some context. There's
1: a school down the street from me.
0: Uh-huh. And were they just loose?
1: They No, it was the end of school. They were getting out, and they were all nice and said hello to me. Oh. And what's worse than that, I walked around the, the block, mm-hmm. and I saw the same kids again, though I didn't notice I them because, again, my own world. And right. They, and they said goodbye to me.
0: how old are these children
1: uh elementary school i would say fifth grade
0: oh okay okay so when they're that young they might actually be sincerely being nice if they were middle schoolers they're absolutely fucking destroying you the second your back is turned and sometimes to your face
1: they were still destroying me (laughs) like what kind of a world do we live in where you think you just go walk up to me and say hello
0: You were outside where the people are. It's the same thing I tell my kids when they complain about, like, encountering bugs when we're outside in the yard. The bugs live out there, okay? You're visiting them, (laughs) so don't bitch. Get out of their way.
1: But the bugs would not say hello to me.
0: (laughs) They do. They just say it in bug, and you don't speak bug.
1: That's, that's fine. I don't understand them and I can continue listening to my music unless they land on my face and I'll just brush them off.
0: Also, you keep saying, you know, you're walking around outside in the world where the people are with your headphones on and your music blaring and off in your own little world. And that is the most big white guy privilege thing I have ever heard. Explain. Women cannot walk around alone out in the world with both headphones on blaring music so loud we can't hear somebody running up behind us to kill us.
1: God, I hate this fucking world.
0: Yeah, no, we never, I teach a self-defense class, right? Right. And that's one of the first things. We're like, step one, stay aware of your surroundings. If you need to have an earbud visibly in so that you can pretend to be listening to music and make guys not talk to you, keep the other one out so you can still hear your surroundings. Mm -hmm. No, no woman who doesn't want to get fucking assaulted walks around with her music playing in her headphones like that. Absolutely not. And the fact that I had to explain it to you,
1: I didn't. I I mean, I'm an open I'm I'm receiving your message. And I
0: appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's amazing that you didn't know. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I'm a six foot three fat guy that shaves his head like this, if you can see me Mm -hmm. in video. And yeah, people just assume I'm a dopey gay guy or a skinhead or both.
0: Yeah, just at first glance, they're like, no, that is a large white man. Mm-hmm. That's an apex predator. Leave him alone.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas
0: some of us are not apex predators. No, we absolutely. That's one of the first things we teach.
1: And, you know, I'm wearing my shawarma shirt. Hello. Um, shawarma <laughs> means leave me alone. I'm trying to eat some meat. <laughs> is that what it means? No, but I'm, means. I'm just, I was just like, when they, when the kids say goodbye to me, i was like, I'm wearing my fucking shawarma shirt. Would you bug me if I were eating? Would you say hello to me if I were doing that? It would. Huh? There would. Children huh? don't
0: have boundaries.
1: Anyway.
0: They were clearly not taught stranger danger.
1: Right. Well, thank you for uh teaching me something about how horrible our world is.
0: <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> Lord. Right. <laughs> okay. You, okay. Damn. <laughs> I feel like. Okay. How do we? How do we reclaim this? How do we get it back? You know, do some show tunes.
2: Uh. (laughs) Come
0: hear the music play Fosse, Fosse, Fosse Marsha Graham, Marsha Graham Madonna, Madonna No? You're not with me?
1: I need to watch that movie now. <laughs> I know. It's
0: about time for the semi-annual rewatch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> he was blowing a bubble with his gum. <laughs> oh my <laughs>
1: God. You do Nathan. that while
0: I'm singing.
1: <laughs> Nathan Lane, Robin Williams. What a fucking powerhouse. I know. God. Here's the thing.
0: The first time I watched that movie, first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is such a good and warm, heartwarming, charming story. I love it. And then, I don't know. I became an adult somewhere in the interim. Mm-hmm. And and I watched it again and I was like, fuck their child. That son is such an asshole. Hate Absolutely. him. Hate him.
1: And Ali Ali McBeale can fuck off too, whatever her name is. The,
0: the, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at least in her defense, she was raised by Gene Goddamn Hackman. Okay? Like she was raised by a conservative senator. Right. Her fucking fiance doesn't have an excuse because he was raised by glorious parents who never did anything but love him. And then he still treated them that way. I know, fuck him. I know.
1: Fuck him. Uh, by fuck the way, him. Gene Hackman, comedy fucking genius. He didn't, oh my God. he didn't get to play that many comedy roles and He's uh, so good. So fucking he doesn't good. do
0: movies anymore though. He's done.
1: Oh, he's retired. He's done. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. 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 Anyway, God, none of that has anything to do with uh Marvel. Why we're here today. <clears throat> hey, uh, shall we uh, introduce a movie? You wanna? A movie? Fuck! Okay, I'll come in again. Do you wanna? I'm just, I'm already defeated. Do you wanna introduce a movie? How are you defeated? What,
1: we haven't even done anything yet. <laughs> we're just warming up, we're lubricating ourselves i'm I can, gonna go <laughs> you can you can need to cut that part out <laughs> uh,
0: yeah i can cut it out of the podcast i can't cut shit out of this video you're recording
1: well we have a patreon for that reason
0: <laughs> not yet but coming soon folks oh, coming god. soon oh, oh my god what are we doing <laughs> we're whoring ourselves out that's what we're doing
1: I've always wanted uh, to be a whore um, for for money. Um,
0: I just thought there'd be more orgasms.
1: Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, 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 goddamn. Are we ready? Would you like to intro a Let's podcast today? It. All right, here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and uh, life is a cabaret. Old chum.
1: Fuck yeah. Yeah. And and hey, everybody. I'm Chris. I'm that gay, frost, sexual man. (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) Oh, and uh, Stephanie, I find Mm -hmm? an evening workout is the best way to relieve the frustrations of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Truth. Truth. Okay. Um do we have anything you want to talk about before we get into the episode? I don't actually have anything
1: uh, actually to talk about. You know, yet. I I actually don't either. Um uh but I, just a quick shout out to uh uh you know we have a lot of new listeners for Marvelous Divas. It seems like we're getting a lot less crossover now. Like there is just like just like straight up MCU uh people nice. listening to our Hi. show.
0: Hi everybody, how you doing?
1: Uh Hi. and that's awesome. That's kind have of what we were time. thinking was gonna happen because um awesome. I don't think the Venn diagram between Star Wars fans and MCU fans is that is as much of a crossover as you know we were thinking but you know no, I no, could be I wrong. Know. I, don't
0: know. I mean it could be it could not be I do not know. Um oh I mean I guess we could mention for the podcast's sake if we occasionally uh reference uh on this podcast that we we have a visual element <laughs> or is it, there is a video happening uh that's because we are actually recording this entire recording session on video as well and um you know we are you know setting up a patreon so that's you're gonna be able to you know watch uh, watch us do our thing in real time and raw yeah. uncut uncensored and it's definitely totally unedited
1: definitely encouraging me to stay on my diet because this second chin <laughs> has got to go <laughs>
0: So, hey, uh, we don't have anything else going no, into no, this we, podcast episode. We can
1: actually just jump right into the episode.
0: Hey, let's do that uh, because just, there's a uh, lot. Just, yeah, there is a lot.
1: But just a quick reminder, y'all, if you have a if you use a podcast platform that leaves a review uh, and you leave a five-star review, we'll read your review on the air. Just putting that out there. We like reviews. That is a fact. We love that reviews. That is a fact. Mm-hmm.
2: huge fans
0: even if you hate us even if you think that uh our opinions of wanda maximoff's con- costumes over the course <sighs> of the mcu are stupid uh you go ahead and leave that in a review slap five stars on it i'll read it i'll read it on the show right now
1: can i just say that tiktok makes zero sense to me
0: what my description of wanda maximoff's costumes or the fact that it has taken off so ridiculously
1: it has taken off so ridiculously, and it's not to say like it's not brilliant. You're not right, et cetera. You are, but you've made better videos that you know haven't been viewed like that.
0: It's because <clears throat> it's because TikTok likes to farm the outrage. That's all it is. It's they're they're showing that the the algorithm is showing that video to more and more people because it pisses men off that they think i'm talking all men uh uh, that all men like that their love of wanda waned as more and more of her skin got covered up with her costumes and less and less of her bosom popping out of the top of a corset so like that's an inverse relationship and uh they didn't appreciate that so they all flew to the comments to tell me about how not toxic they are and like okay yeah i believe you now Chad.
1: <laughs> Chad. But you, you know, you live rent-free in these guys' minds now, so they oh, are Oh yeah. Oh no, yeah. They such, I such power you have just, over them. It gives me life. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: No, I I'm gonna live forever now. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 We've said we've been talking for like two straight minutes now about how we're gonna start this podcast and start talking about this episode. We should actually do it. Okay. Let's go. Okay. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So what we're doing on this show, this here podcast, uh, is we are watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order, which means that we started with Captain America: The First Avenger, and now we are moving through. Agent Carter. So today, we are talking about Agent Carter, Season 2, Episode 3, Better Angels.
1: Dun-dun-dun!
0: Chris, do you have a previously on...
1: Recovering from disaster. (laughs) After witnessing a terrible disaster and losing her companion, Peggy Carter is on the hunt for the truth behind zero matter. With the help of Jarvis, who else will Peggy enlist for help? Meanwhile, Whitney Frost, barely surviving the accident herself is dealing with the aftermath in her own way, realizing she has a <laughs> mysterious scar on her face. What will her next move be? Why is her husband such a douchebag? And oh, will we have to deal with any more dickheads in this episode? That yes. and more.
0: ba 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 ba. Okay. So, first off, real quick, the title of this episode, Better Angels, um, is a quote pulled uh, from President Abraham Lincoln's first inaugural address. Yep, Uh, In which he appealed to the better angels of our natures in the hopes that it would, you know, stop a civil war before it started. Uh, He was unsuccessful at the time. But since then, the uh, concept of the better angels of our natures has sort of become a a ubiquitous, descriptive, cliche term that we use. And I quite like it. Um, So for production notes, behind the scenes a little bit on this episode, we have a new director. Oh, Yes. Uh, this episode is directed by David Platt, uh, and his style is different. I, 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 I noticed that. He's letting scenes play out a little more.
1: Uh, yes. Thank you,
0: David Platt. I know. Fucking I'm loving that, God. but almost excessively because he also does something that not a lot of directors do, which is watch people leave the scene. Yeah. Like, we're watching, like, it's not just, and we've talked, and the scene is over, it's, and we've talked, and there she goes, she's walking out the door, look at her go, her hair is bouncy. Like, that's,
1: we're and, spending minutes on that. And that little thing, let me, allowed me to absorb the story of this episode so much right. better than the other other uh, episodes have, so.
0: Yeah, because things. it's not just like, boom, and then the next thing, and then boom, and then bop, 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 no, he just, he lets it play out a little more, and I I appreciate that.
1: This episode felt more noir uh, mm, in season, in is. this season, yeah. than any of the others so far, and I would probably mm-hmm. say more noir than any episode ep- of this series.
0: Yeah, like everything up to this point has been like cosplaying as noir, mm-hmm. and this one is actually like it's straight up, uh, this- like relaxing into it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know. I mean, you can you can you can attribute a lot of the first season shit to the fact that they only had eight episodes. It was a mid-season pickup thing. Yep. and also you know first season. You know clumsiness that they always have to work out in any show, mm-hmm. and so now finally, season two, episode three. I think we're maybe we're finally starting to hit stride, and and settle into the the style and the genre. We shall see. Um, David Platt has been directing since two thousand one. Uh, he's directed multiple episodes for three different Law and Order shows. He directed an episode of The Wire, which you haven't seen. Nope. Other people will be very impressed that he directed an episode of The Wire. People with taste in TV, good taste. Yeah, they will
1: be impressed. Uh, uh, Let's let's put the brakes on that. I have never, (laughs) ever, ever said I have good taste in television.
2: (laughs) Fair.
0: Fair.
1: (laughs) In fact, the trashier, the better. (laughs)
0: <laughs> trash mm-hmm. you are a real housewives kind of girl
1: i am uh we did yeah. get a request are you all ever gonna do a real house uh, housewives diva show and i said oh absolutely not nope mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't
0: we don't need to compete it's cool they they do that fine on their own they don't need us it's okay it's the
1: same reason why we can't do a golden girls one we can't possibly beat that comedy even though right. those shows aren't supposed to be comedy i laugh i laugh at their <laughs> suffering
0: there you go. Um, David Platt also directed two episodes of The Blacklist. No, I don't remember which ones. Um,
1: uh, I need to know that right now. Hold on. Oh, my God.
0: I'm not going to hold on. I'm going to okay, talk about you, the writer you, you of the talking, episode while you I'm Google I'm going to look it up right now. All right, go ahead. Um, this episode is also is written by Jose Molina. Uh, and we have had Jose Molina before and enjoyed the shit out of it. He wrote the Iron Ceiling episode in season one, the one with the Howling Commandos. That was Jose Molina. Oh. I know. We love him. He also wrote two episodes of Firefly, uh, along with, you know, whatever other predators might have been involved in that writing.
2: Who?
0: And and he wrote the Water War arc in Clone Wars. Really? Yeah. We mentioned this last time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that. I love him.
0: I love Jose Molina. Mm-hmm. I have decided. I love Jose Molina. Anyway, uh, so that's who is sort of behind the scenes pulling the strings as we go into this. Have you found what episodes of the blacklist David Platt directed?
1: The Canyon family, which I literally just watched that episode two days ago. Which one's that? Uh, uh, but uh, children, butterflies. Uh, oh, oh, that one. That one's fucked up. And the Mombasa yeah. cartel. That was season two.
0: That sounds familiar.
1: Oh, that's with the crazy grandma and she washes the corpses and uh, uh, the, I just looked at the picture of the episode. Why is Blacklist so fucking gross all the time? I love Blacklist. Oh, I my love God. I, I, I love, love it. I love, I love it. They got
0: to pile in the gross to to counteract all of the sexy oozing out of uh, Raymond Reddington's voice. Good God.
1: Oh, do they? I mean. Yeah. I anyway. love Raymond
0: Reddington so much. We're going to do a Blacklist Eva show at some point, aren't we?
1: We probably are, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. That's one of those that we just do for us, because I can't imagine their fan base is so huge. Same.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, that's not the most... I mean, it's a highly rated show for today's standards, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So, uh, we are... Here we are in our episode. Here we are in Better Angels. It's a lovely uh, sunny day in LA, because is there another kind? And we are pulling up on the um, LA Confidential Street. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh,
1: good job. That's exactly what the street is. <laughs> um, every single house on this street—it's um, a—I forget the name of the street, but it's literally a classically uh, classic neighborhood outside of downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Every single person has gotten to do like at least five home renovations because <laughs> film crews will come in here, just blow everything up, destroy the shit out of everything, and then they, and then they get to get the studio will pay for. The damages. So the the street is pristine. Everything looks very pretty. And yeah, this uh, uh, my partner was like, "Oh, can you imagine the amount of money spent just for this mm-hmm. one scene?" And they probably they blew their budget for this episode on this one scene because if you notice really? the rest of the episode, they're in closed sets the whole time for the most part, oh. um, um, or in a black lot studio where they don't have to do a lot of work making it look different. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And and I love it. And th- this this is where this is this street is a noir feeling street. Like you have oh, the yeah. old cars, mm-hmm. the, the lamps, uh, the light lamps, all that stuff. I love it. I fucking love it.
0: It's so cool. And yeah, Peggy pulls up and she gets out of her car and she is a wearing a magnificent dress. Right. Like it's not super fancy, but it's so cute. And it's just these nice summery colors. And the way that it's designed is just like, hello, my boobs.
1: She belongs in Los Angeles.
0: She looks great. Mm -hmm. Like all the fashion of of LA just agrees with and loves every inch of her body. And I don't blame LA fashion for that one at all. Um, But she gets out of her car. She's immediately mobbed by the press. Because we have already talked about how the press is everything in LA. Like that's a thing.
1: That's a thing. That is a thing.
0: Well, they're all over her and they're screaming questions at her. And she's just like, oh, my God, <laughs> like talks to the hands them away while she uh, heads in towards the house where Sousa scoops her up along the way.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, but a side note, um, if uh-huh. you watch this on Disney Plus with the captions on, it does capture some of the comments that the, the questions that the reporters are asking Peggy. Mm-hmm. One of them is like, do you believe that Dr. Wilkes is a communist? Oh. Hmm. so it's well, like right off the bat.
0: Yeah, it's a me Well, because that's that's the story they're chasing. They've already got that information. They're just trying to confirm it mm-hmm. with the SSR. But we'll find that out here in a little bit. Uh, so Peggy and Sousa walk into, and this is Jason Wilkes's house. Which congratulations, Doctor Wilkes. That is a very nice house.
1: Uh, and by today's standards, it's a multi-million dollar house, if you can imagine. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And just, it's like it's on a corner lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like not for nothing, but you really you really think he was able to buy a house? Back then, this was
1: this was suburbia. Back then, Mm-hmm. Um, not now. It is uh, now. No, I'm it's... not
0: talking. I'm not talking financially. I'm talking. That's a black man.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. I um, you think he was allowed
0: to buy a house in that neighborhood.
1: Yeah, because it's a lower middle class neighborhood at this time.
0: Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay.
1: At this time, now it's upper middle class. But
0: well, yeah, upper, upper, upper. Yeah, upper, upper. 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 Uh, proper anyway they are searching wilkes's house uh is like we need to find out um you know see if we can find anything here that would explain why people were trying to kill you last night and peggy's like uh-uh they weren't trying to kill me they were trying to kill wilkes
1: well peggy
0: and you know i did the job for them so
1: <sighs> so clearly she's way too hard on herself like right off the bat it's just like yeah, oh my she god is, Peggy.
0: i mean we've talked about this before this happened last season too yeah uh Peggy doesn't like to put civilians in harm's way. And, like, I was thinking about that. He's not a civilian, though. I mean, he is, technically, because he doesn't currently have a job in the military or any kind of federal service or whatever. But he is a veteran
2: mm-hmm.
0: of World War II.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, let's let's stop acting like, hold on, is there a cat? <laughs> okay, no. She it begins. Cruised, she cruised by the door in Meow, but I think she's moved on. Anyway, Jason Wilkes is a, was a World War II Navy veteran. Like, let's, let's not act like he is some wilting, delicate flower that needs to be protected, who didn't <laughs> weigh the risks of everything he was running into and fully make that decision and then engage in the firefight afterwards. Like, Peggy's just beating herself up because that's what Peggy do. Right? And Sousa tries to talk her out of it too. He's like, you know that, that this is not your fault. Saying, you got you gotta stop that.
1: And, and Peggy gave gave him such fuck you face.
0: Yeah, she's handing out a lot of those this episode. Mm,
1: yeah. Like a lot, a yeah, lot. Yeah.
0: And I agree. So anyway, um, by the way, Jason Wilkes apparently keeps a whole ass chem lab just on the table in his living room.
1: Why not? Bring your work home.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and as they're walking around, this place is crawling with SSR agents, just kind of poking around and tossing the place. As they're walking around, Peggy finds a hollow floorboard. Hmm. Like, she hasn't been in this house five minutes before she stepped on it.
1: God bless Peggy It's just Carter. right there. Yeah.
0: Well, and also, we'll see in a second, that's intentional.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Because they flip up the rug, they pull up the hollow floorboard, and what does Sousa find? Uh,
1: they uh, 50 grand, which, by the way, that shit's going in my pocket right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, plane tickets to Moscow. Like, okay, oh, yeah. really? uh uh-huh. And a Russian passport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's so heavy handed, like immediately yeah. Peggy is like, this is some bullshit. And I'm this really what... I'm really shocked that any SSR agent would fall for that.
0: Well, and the thing is Susa and Peggy don't, but Agent Vega does because he steps up and he's like well you know we can tell that this guy's totally a russian spy because you found those things and also i found this and he holds up he's got like a pencil he's holding up a gun with because you know preserve it for fingerprints or whatever i found this it is uh, the same gun that was used to kill our two agents who were transporting jane scott's body what
1: a dumb bitch
0: (laughs) this guy is not only a spy but he killed two of our guys and Peggy just gives him a look that should wither him down into his shoes. Yep. And sa- and says, a spy who hides every bit of incriminating evidence in one easily discovered place. I don't believe it for one moment.
1: Exactly. It's like, hello. Yeah. Did you have you not read any spy books before?
0: Have you how? And see, remember, Sousa said when he first called Jack Thompson and said, "Send me somebody to help me out with this murder case." He said his agents were green, and this is what he meant.
1: Wow, I mean, because that's Agent super Vega green. bought this shit. Super
0: green, yeah. that's super green. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, they don't—they don't believe it. Susa doesn't believe it. Peggy doesn't believe it. They fully suspect that Isodine has ginned up an entire frame job for Wilkes to blame everything that happened at, at Isodyne, the big explosion and everything, on him. Yep. So, <sighs> and then we cut to Toy Story. Toy Story. There's a cowboy. And he's dressed exactly like fucking Woody from Toy Story.
1: Ah, uh, but you would be referring to the Universal backlot where the spaghetti westerns are filmed. Uh huh. The, uh, the number of so there is a movie that you particularly hate that oh. was that was filmed on this uh, on this lot uh, it was a, what
0: what movie is that? Oh what God! You, when I, I met
1: be? you in college, you were going you were obsessing over how much you hate Sharon Stone and uh Russell and Russell Crowe's in this movie and all this shit The Quick and the Dead Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay look
0: I like it now
1: <laughs> Oh really?
0: It's fun now if you watch it for the camp that it is it's but they didn't camp. try to they didn't try to bill it as camp at the time like Sharon Stone took this movie very seriously so seriously you can tell how serious she takes it because you can see her vagina at one point but <laughs> Legit, you can. She happens to be uh, sitting on a pile of dynamite at the time, just in case we were missing the symbolism.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh, But yeah, no, she took it so seriously and she tried to bill it as like the most serious of serious cowboy movies. And no, it is a campy gunslinger movie. That's all it is. It's just, oh, my God. It's also Russell Crowe's first American role. Yeah, yeah. Because I used to have a Russell Crowe problem, Y'all so I don't know these even things. know how much of a problem she
1: had. She went to go see. She went to go see his band, which
0: I did. I'm Thirty sure, Outfoot of grunts. You fucking right, I did.
1: I, I'm sure they were great live.
0: No, <laughs> objectively speaking, it's not a good band. They're just a they're just a shitty bar band. This is not a big venue band. The only reason they got a big venue is because Russell Crowe's their lead singer. Aww. <laughs> they, but are, they had fun Yeah,
1: there you go Are they still together? Yeah I don't know Probably not
0: <laughs> I don't know I, I, I outgrew my Russell Crowe thing a while back Yeah, you did <laughs> I did, I did Anyway, so, I'm sorry what, Why are we talking about Russell Crowe?
1: Uh, anyway, <laughs> so my point is A lot of Western movies have been filmed on on this lot uh, Most recently, that recent Quentin Tarantino movie um, That was about Hollywood they, they didn't even change um. shit um, But anyway uh, yeah, this is a legendary lot and huh, uh, somebody is being filmed and all of a sudden we see in the background Peggy and Jarvis just standing there and someone- Well, we don't, someone, we don't
0: see them first. First, we hear a voice that is not the Cowboys that we're seeing on the screen go, you're in the shot. You're in
1: the shot, which the moment I heard the voice, I was like, Howard?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, the, the, the first Cowboy that walked out is dressed like fucking woody from toy story. Yeah. He's got he's got the cow print vest and he's got the he looks like woody from toy story.
1: Let me tell you about vertical integration. <laughs> what? You have never heard that 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 bit on 30 Rock before? Do you, you never watched 30 I, Rock. I I've never watched 30 Rock. Yeah, I'm see sorry. there we go again with your taste. Um uh, I watched
0: the entirety of The Wire. Fuck you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying.
1: Um, uh, that's what good taste gets you. You reset know, on the jokes. The idea of vertical integration is that you constantly cross promote all your different services and products at all times. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, a Disney owned company, if you can insert somebody that's going to look like a Disney character into your show, excuse me, into your show, you can do it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So well, that, yeah, that know, is. My point that, is, it's totally intentional.
1: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: That was not an accident. That is absolutely a hundred percent Woody from Toy Story. Absolutely. I, be- okay. I believe it is. Anyway. So yes, they're, they're trying to film a Western and Peggy and Jarvis are in the shot and they, <laughs> they kind of take like a half step to the side and you're still in the shot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and,
0: and it's so cute to watch fully polished, professional trained actors act like they don't know how to behave on a film set. So that's adorable. Uh, but anyway, uh, so it's cut, and um, Howard Stark is in fact the director of this fine piece of cinema that we're watching. What? Be he filmed here? Yeah, because remember he's in L.A. Yeah. for this purpose. He's, he's got a movie studio. All right. <laughs> and so here, here's, here's a really cute line, a cute moment right at the beginning, because Howard Stark talks a mile of fucking minute.
1: I, I know. Right? Because it was that's hard to keep track. He,
0: he talks at the speed that he thinks. And I I love Dominic Cooper for keeping that for for sort of crafting that element of his character because Howard Stark is never not thinking he's constantly going 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 because he's a goddamn genius right um, but he's not always thinking about good or productive things you know right. you know he's Howard he's still um, Stark. but he comes he comes walking up and he's like I always thought you should have been in pictures Peggy uh, and then he tells her Arlene French called in drunk you want to be a sassy beer wench
2: <laughs>
0: but arlene french so i'm like okay who's that i googled it because i I thought maybe he was i thought he was referencing an actual actress no would you like to know who arlene french is sure do you remember the captain america radio hour no way arlene french is in the mcu in universe for this show is the actress who plays betty carver on the captain america radio show
1: So Peggy would be replacing the actress that plays her on the radio show for the movie. What the
0: fuck? Okay. Yeah. She turns him down, though. She's like, I would rather play uh, the cowboy, actually. Uh, And he's like, yeah, audiences aren't ready for that. Which is a sly reference to the fact that we have an Agent Carter show at all.
1: Well, in the line right after where Peggy says, but they are ready for a movie based on a comic book? Sounds like a dreadful <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because Howard is making, apparently this Western is based on, on a comic book about a cowboy. Is that a real thing?
1: Uh, absolutely. Back back in, a, you know, our, our, our concept of what comic books are today, it's, you know, I mean, obviously they can be about a lot of different things, but, you know, superheroes and that kind of thing. Back then it was like whatever the genre of the time was. So like spaghetti mm-hmm. Westerns was a big one. Uh, UFO, alien, sci-fi stuff was a big one. Um, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So is, is this comic book that he's talking about an actual, like a, a Marvel comic? Why would they reference a comic that doesn't actually exist in the Marvel universe?
1: Uh, cause it was, it would be common in the late forties for there to be Western, uh, Western themed comic books. They would be printed in like newspapers. And, okay. I'm and, and Googling magazines. this. Yeah, go ahead. There's
0: no way. There's no way. What did he call it? Kid cult?
1: Yeah. I don't think it's a. I, I didn't look it up, though. You could, you could be on to something.
0: Kid Cult, originally published by Atlas Comics beginning in 1948 and later Marvel Comics. Yep. Oh,
1: good that, catch.
0: That derpy Marvel... That, that comic book that he holds up, that Kid Cult comic book, that is actually... I could find it. The one that he holds up in the shot, I think I might actually have...
1: See, ah. I just assumed it was a fictional comic a, a totally fictional comic book.
0: Dude, and he even looks like Woody. Makes okay, me wonder if Woody is
1: you. based on that. Hmm. So then, who's the who's the real character?
0: See, kid, Colt, outlaw, captured by Comanches. That sounds very, very racially sensitive.
1: Uh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so there we go. Look at that, guys! Research happening in real time. Anyway, <laughs> I, I
1: got I got nothing for that. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at these. I'm looking at other. Oh, this. Is, did you look up
0: Kid Colt as well?
1: This is problematic.
0: Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, y'all, it's a 1940s I, comic about a cowboy.
1: Yeah, I, 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 y'all, I don't recommend looking it up for. No,
0: <laughs> don't don't dig into that at all. Okay, so why are Peggy and Jarvis here to talk to Howard and interrupt his filming day?
1: <laughs> well, they need Howard's help because yeah. there's this crazy black slime shit. And there was a radiation blast and all this other stuff. They need a science nerd. And what better, uh, who better to ask for help than the ultimate science nerd? Though there are consequences to asking for uh, Howard Stark's help, like having to put up with his insanity.
0: He's a lot. He's a lot.
1: He's a lot. Howard,
0: Howard is, he's so. So I remember I saw years and years and years ago, an interview with Dan Aykroyd talking about John Belushi. Right. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: And because they were best friends. Mm. And, uh, you know, John Belushi tragically died of his lifestyle. Um, Mm -hmm. And Dan Aykroyd described his friend as a good man, but a bad boy. Yeah. Howard Stark is a good man, but a bad boy.
1: Very bad boy. (laughs) He's a very bad boy.
0: So uh, they do show Howard the zero matter matter footage. Like, of the atomic test and everything. And Howard's like, holy shit. Uh, And he immediately identifies what happened. uh, That the... It wasn't that the bomb blew a hole in the rift. So much as the rift... The bomb caused... Like, broke open the rift. But then the rift snuffed out an atomic bomb. Right. And that's... And, like, Zero Matter ate it. Essentially. And he's like, if that's a thing that's happening, then Zero Matter could be the find of the century. And he's like, rattles off a bunch of potential uses for it. Because he's a genius. Um... And uh, he says, obviously, Isodine is trying to pin this on Wilkes because he's an easy target because of the color of his skin.
2: Yeah, there it is. So
0: there you go. And uh, (laughs) so Howard is going through the file that apparently Peggy brought that's got information on Wilkes and stuff and all the evidence that they gathered from the night before. Because remember, the the explosion was last night. Right. We are one day later. It was last night. And he, he turns up the lapel pin. That Peggy found in the car that they stole from the henchman, right, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't realize that uh, that Jason Wilkes was a member of the arena club the what?" exactly <laughs> and they're like I, okay what is that what that lapel pin means he's like yeah this is from the arena club and he says but i'm amazed they'd allow him to be a member
1: they keep their
2: ranks male and pale <laughs>
0: i love the amount of disdain that howard piles into that line i he love it he fucking too. hates the arena club oh yeah
1: yeah what and happened?
0: not just because they don't allow women although that is why he hasn't joined even though they've been trying
1: <laughs> yeah as jarvis points out
0: yeah yeah so yeah, apparently it's a really old social club. It's been around since like 1906. And you know, Howard's like, "Wow, you have been in town for five minutes, and you're already dealing with." Because she mentions Dottie Underwood, which, by the way, does Howard remember who Dottie Underwood is? Nope. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they have to like uh, give give them a bunch of characteristics for multiple start to prompts. Remember.
0: It- Kidnapped you? No, <laughs> didn't remember her at gunpoint. Still doesn't remember her. You were
1: wearing a brown jacket.
0: Oh yeah, the the
1: oh, bra yeah. Blah blah blah.
0: What? <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ, Howard.
0: He's terrible. Uh, but yeah, he's like Russian spies in an old boys club. What the hell have you gotten into, Peggy? And like, good question. <laughs> That's a really good question. Uh, nobody knows. But now we're d- now we're looking at Whitney Frost. Yeah. Cut to yep. Whitney Frost.
1: Cut to Whitney Frost. Uh, she is looking at the crazy ass black mark. It's dripping. Uh, yeah. So it's not just a scar, there's like there's goo it's coming goo. out. Ooh. Yeah,
0: it's like it's gooey. It's shiny and gooey coming out of her forehead. She touches it and it gets like a drop of the the black goo on her finger and then she watches in horror along with me also horrified as the black goo drop on her finger absorbs back into her skin. Ugh. Um, uh, <laughs> is the zero matter living in her now? Is she, is she a zero matter puppet? Is she just, is she just zero matter wearing a skin suit? What's happening?
1: Zero matter is inside her.
0: I don't like it. I don't like it. Anyway, right then, her husband, Calvin Chadwick, barges Ugh. in and he's so excited because the newspaper has a headline front page above the fold. About how Jason Wilkes was a Russian spy and a communist. <laughs> Ugh. Hate it. Can I I hate it? Can I I hate that.
1: Can I complain about Chadwick's face now?
0: Yeah, yeah, go for it. Fuck him.
1: The forehead on that man is out of control. And I'm saying, so. and I'm In saying what this way? as a as a bald guy.
0: It, yeah, I, I, I have I don't have a forehead, I've got a five six head, right. so um where are you going with like, this? Like it's
1: perfectly fucking flat.
0: Like he's maybe smashed his face into a wall a lot.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: Mm, mm. I feel you. I feel you.
1: I, I had canon. It would be nice if Miss Frost beat the shit out of him every night. And that's why it's it's a flathead. <laughs> but that's not true. But uh, I, I just... I uh, This actor is doing a wonderful job of getting me to hate this guy. Because I fucking right. hate him. I fucking hate him. Because here's the
0: thing. Curry Graham is the actor playing mm-hmm. uh, Calvin Chadwick. He gets a lot of work.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you don't get work in the volume that he gets and you don't become a ubiquitous tv that guy bad guy actor by being an asshole he's just really good at playing this asshole character that makes us want to hate his face right, right. So, so he's doing congratulations yeah. congratulations but, curry graham yeah but
1: i fucking hate chadwick
0: fucking hate him anyway turns out the whole communist russian spy angle that was all whitney's idea of course it was Of course it was. I'm starting to think Calvin Chadwick doesn't actually have his own thoughts.
1: Nope.
0: No. No. He's he's a puppet. If he's not being puppeted by the council, he's being puppeted by his wife.
1: Yeah, but we'll talk about that a little bit later because there's a particular scene I fucking loved.
0: Right. So anyway, uh, Whitney's clearly like, because she constantly, and I feel this, she's constantly having to mask. Right? Yeah. Whatever her internal thoughts, whatever her internal life is, regardless of how stressful, like maybe some kind of interdimensional alien black goo entity is now living in my body, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Right. She has to hide it all behind her her pleasant, pretty actress-wife mask, right? Even to her husband. So- She's having this sort of existential crisis with the black goo. And Calvin Chadwick's like, hooray, we, you took care of this whole problem. It's amazing. Ba-ba-da, I'm about to leave. And she suddenly has a thought. She's like, hey, Ka- Chadwick, Calvin, whatever I call you, I don't know, husband, what if I What if I retire from acting?
1: Well, a- a Chadwick is like, oh, you mean after the election, right? Which I'm like, yeah. uh,
0: what? Yeah.
1: Um okay because
0: she's 10 times more famous than him mm-hmm. at least and uh so if she were to retire from acting that would steal all of the headlines away from his campaign
1: right so, so so then so uh so then uh Chadwick is like hey look after we move after I'm a senator and we move to DC uh and Stephanie tell me how much you love this uh, and Chadwick <laughs> says you can have all the babies you want
0: i hate it so what i'm hearing what i'm what i'm
1: receiving right now is displeasure and disappointment and
0: here's the thing i had kids okay i have two and i i love my kids but the societal expectation even now in 2022 uh that all women must have babies Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're not doing a job, then, or even if they are doing a job, you got to make both of them, both of those things work at the same time, girl. You got to be it all. Uh, all women are supposed to not only have them but want to have them. It is assumed that women want to have babies. Fuck that. You don't want kids? Don't have kids. And Please th- don't have kids if you don't want kids.
1: Right. Like, I, I mean, I <gasps> had, I, I, I dealt with that expectation because I had, you know, I went to high school in San Antonio. I had a lot of <laughs> girlfriends um, who were Hispanic and their grandmothers were like, uh uh Mija, you're fifteen. Why don't you have five kids? And 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 I know that sound that can sound very insensitive. That was that was legit true. That was absolutely true. That's
0: that's very cultural. Um but yeah his his fucking patriarchal assumption that she wants to retire from acting so that she can have his babies. Not for any other reason. Fucking hate that. As we will we will learn over the course of this episode why he is so uh, he it's like everything he says and does with her though he clearly fears her and relies entirely upon her and we'll find out more later to what extent um Mm -hmm. he does everything he can to subjugate her
1: i hate i hate him
0: To to, hold off your dreams until my dreams are realized. And then once you do have whatever your your retirement dream, obviously, so that you can make your babies, my babies, and then stay at home and raise them for me while I'm off being a big bad senator. Right? Right. Like that. It's so gross and so very historically accurate. So.
2: Yeah.
0: I hate it. Anyway, so. Uh, back at the SSR, uh, Souza has the copy of the paper that Chadwick was just looking at. Not the exact same copy, but you know what I mean. Uh, and yeah, he's pissed. He's like, how did they even fucking get this? Yeah. This whole communist angle. We haven't said anything to the press yet. Well... And- Peggy's already over it. She's like, "Isodine, obviously, duh. Let's keep going. (laughs) Sousa, you need to let it go. Keep up with me. Here we go. Yeah. And they they go to Sousa's office. But wait, who's there?
1: Oh, look, another asshole. Jack Thompson's there.
0: Jack Thompson is in L.A. And he's at Sousa's desk in Sousa's office and has his feet up on it. Because he's an asshole.
1: Where is the class? And he's dressed like you would be dressed if you live in New York.
0: Exactly I was gonna say the the way the costumes play out like you got Jack Thompson in his very buttoned up many layered New York suit and like you have got to be sweating your balls off sir because there's Peggy in her delightful summery dress and there's Sousa in his like Hawaiian print shirt under a linen suit jacket like you need to catch up with the style sir. Uh, but you know you're just visiting so maybe you don't need to make a shopping trip but you look super uncomfortable right anyway they walk into the office and suza goes jack what an appalling surprise i missed you too march because he's back on his oh, march bullshit god damn it i can hate him if somebody tells you what their name is what their preferred name is call them by that calling them by anything else is disrespectful as fuck and he's doing it on purpose and we hate him
1: unless you're gonna pay me a fuck ton of money then well, can, yeah. Every, then you can call Everything's negotiable.
0: there's there's price tags on a lot of things. I'm just saying. I, um, I so. am for sale. It's true. He's a big whore, you guys. Um, so why is Thompson there?
1: Well, uh, so we kind of missed this. Sousa mentions earlier in the episode that he gave a quick call. To, he tried to call Thompson, but he didn't. Mm. You know, he didn't hear back yet. So I assumed initially, because Thompson's here now. Right, because Thompson was already on his way to L.A. Uh, apparently right. he had business to attend to. Hmm. Um, and and so uh, look at my notes real quick. Yes. Okay. So
0: what Thompson has done uh, is he has rewritten Peggy's report That's of right. the previous night's incident to, for her
1: to, to say that Peggy was following a com- communist around.
0: What? Yes. Yeah, he has rewritten it to completely smear uh, Jason Wilkes in line with the story that's been put out by Isodine. And Peggy's like, "I'm not fucking signing that. That is completely untrue. Why would you do that?" Right. And Thompson's like, "I'm covering your ass because, oh. yeah." And do, this right here, if you do, you understand uh, how much trouble you're in if you do this like all the powerful people that you're pissing off and blah 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 and he refuses she's like well why don't you just watch look we got video of the zero matter the thing that we're talking about here right. you can watch that and you'd see the proof of what we're we're saying this is so much bigger than what you think it is it's not just communism like there's there's something else here and also he wasn't a communist jack refuses to watch the video of the proof tells her to sign it she refuses to sign it he forges a signature on this report susa's pissed he mm-hmm. says that you can't fucking do that and thompson's like yeah she's my agent i've loaned her to oh you oh my god you don't have any say here she's my agent so like there's this weird ownership thing he's trying to do here
1: yeah it's like she's my Gross. property it's
0: like ugh. ugh. anyway he says the case is closed so you know everybody get off of it and uh see is this where shit hold on
1: well, Peg- this isn't where
0: well, this isn't where they have the big fight. That's later. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, Peggy
1: does go off on him. She's like, "You're more concerned about your fucking." Nope. I thought she- that's
0: later. That's later. Are you sure? Yeah, because I just scrolled down my notes. Okay, I,
1: I, I trust your notes more than mine because my. Yeah. Okay. um
0: So I, I use numbered. <laughs> I use numbered bullet points in my notes, and so we are on thirteen, and that fight that we're talking about is twenty-five. So. <laughs> what numbered
1: lines
0: oh. the bullet points set the numbers for me I didn't I'm not like and number one I'm I'm not generating the numbers I'm not that much of a nerd right
1: anyway we move on uh, So anyway
0: Peggy <laughs> stomps out in Peggy's a huff pissed. as one does but as she stomps past a desk metal objects on the desk start floating uh-huh.
1: see I think we are out of order
0: no, we're not. That doesn't happen yet. because that happens twice. I
1: didn't it happens catch, here,
0: and then it happens again later.
1: I didn't catch it the first time, and I, and I've seen this episode three times.
0: Well, then you don't have eyeballs. I'm an
1: idiot. No, that's true. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I because it
0: happens twice. <gasps> <gasps> okay. What I need to watch the fourth,
1: the fourth the fourth time now. Go for it. I kind of love this episode, so I'm just saying.
0: It's a really good episode. All right, so Stuff Floats. She stomps out because she's going back to Howard Stark's house where he has a swimming pool full of lovely women in bathing suits. Look,
1: if you're hungover, <laughs> tell me you don't want to come out to a pool where there's, like, hot men's everywhere.
0: No, absolutely not. Not when I'm hungover. Everybody needs to fuck off. The sun needs to quit shining so goddamn bright. And after I'm past my hangover... Then you may make with the loud, joyous, splashy, splashy. <laughs> but until then, if you are not rubbing my temples and bringing me a Gatorade and a Tylenol, I don't want to hear from you.
1: That We are both so introverted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Howard says that uh, they are his production assistants, which they're not. They're not. Uh, they're and they that are not. But they are assisting him. They help him think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Having them around helps him think. And so uh, we know this because Howard swans out to the pool shirtless in a robe. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I'm forgiving him for everything. Just like that. Just like that. What, I does, just... it
1: say, what does it say about us?
0: We're whores. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slutty, slutty whore people. <laughs> I'm cool with it. (laughs) I embrace that. Um, You know who's unmoved by the sight of Howard Stark's happy trail? Peggy.
1: Peggy Peggy doesn't
0: give a fuck. She's like, I need information on the arena club. I want to go in there and I want to plant listening devices all over the place. I have a whole plan for that. And Howard's like, I don't want to. He's got a Bloody Mary. (laughs) And Howard's like, I don't actually want to do any of that. She reaches over, grabs his Bloody Mary, and starts backing away from him, going, Come on, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Howard's a good boy and starts luring him away.
2: Whatever <laughs> and <it> works. works. <laughs> Whatever
0: works. It works. He starts following her. He's like, hey, give give it back. <laughs> I thought it was a cool moment. That was cute. Um, so yes, they go to go work on their plan to infiltrate the arena club full of dudes because Peggy wants to know what they're plotting in there. Now, Peggy's off the case.
1: Yep, or she's well, she's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, her ranking officer told her to stop. Peggy doesn't give a fuck about any of that. No, she is on a fucking crusade to clear Jason Wilkes' name.
1: Exactly, and fuck Thompson anyway. Yeah,
0: fuck Thompson anyway. Yeah. Speaking of Thompson.
1: Speaking of which.
0: He is watching the the atomic test footage that he refused to watch earlier.
1: And, and he's completely shocked by it.
0: Yeah, it's bad. It says in my notes, all caps, yeah, asshole, it's bad.
1: So, so naturally... <laughs> He decides to call up Peggy, apologize profusely, and he'll uh, do whatever it takes to help her out, right?
0: No. 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 He... We're not... Yeah. So, he gets interrupted from his horror fest watching this film because Vernon Masters has arrived.
1: That 70s show guy. Yes. Yeah.
0: Whose, whose skull is quite large. I noticed that this episode. He's a he's got a big skull. Look, so. I... That's a noggin.
1: I am not an actor, right? Yes. So I'm Correct. not qualified to give like a really strong opinion on who's a good actor, who's a bad actor. Right? R- okay. However, However. I, I don't think this guy's a good actor.
0: I think he's good at playing one, one particular does one role. He one role really well. Which is to, to be a cranky, heavy-handed, nefarious person. Right. So that's where he's at. And uh, apparently, we find out, they have a quick uh, little convo, we find out that apparently it was Vernon who called Thompson to come to L.A. and basically rein in fucking Peggy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that's his job, is to come in here and orchestrate the cover-up from the SSR's side. And uh he is asking Thompson to recover whatever stolen, sensitive, air quotes, sensitive materials that Jason Wilkes, the communist, you know that guy, the communist, stole from Isonine. And... Thompson's like, um, like the SSR doesn't really hand over evidence to the FBI. Right. Like that. Right. Uh, and Vernon is like, oh, well, it's a, it's a matter of, matter of national security because if whatever Wilkes stole falls into the wrong hands, then that's, that's a, that's trouble for the whole country. And, uh, so Thompson's like, well, you know, and he's visibly uncomfortable. Right. He's like, well, if the ssr has it then it's in the right hands so (sighs) to which vernon replies by leaning in and saying
1: don't be a boy scout jack i know you understand what i'm saying what are you saying Uh, huh yeah i
0: think i think he might be a bad guy
1: no really oh my god that's the problem with using an actor like him it's like villain Right off the bat, well, right? Yeah. So But at least
0: they didn't try to like cover that up for long. Obviously he's bad. Obviously yeah. he's manipulating because he's old friends with Thompson's dad. Obviously he's manipulating Thompson into doing things that go against every instinct and ethics that he might have. And his ethics are questionable anyway, Mr. I beat all of my suspects. But still, like he's he's pushing Thompson to break rules to To cover it up, and so like, what? Where is Vernon getting his marching orders from? Mm,
1: we'll what find. the fuck is going on? I assume here? we're going to find out later. Stuff
0: we're going to find out. Good. Uh because here we are now. Though, oh, he at says the Arena he says a line.
1: Uh, he says a line that pisses me off a lot.
0: Oh, oh, uh, okay. Have we not left the scene? Are we uh, going we're back? We're about What's to leave the
1: scene. Uh, okay. When when uh, Vernon says, "Give me a call. We'll do lunch." I guess that's what you do around here. Uh-huh. First of all the random lunch in the middle of the day with your coworkers thing that was invented by new york not los angeles you have to oh. you have to wait an hour to uh to move one mile in los angeles oh, okay. why the fuck would okay, we so do lunch in the middle of the fucking day we're
0: having an indignant californian moment and we're gonna let this play out yeah we're going yeah exactly no we are gonna let Go this ahead.
1: play out because uh do we ha- now do we have better places to eat than new york absolutely okay no shit uh, but, you know, fuck fuck that bullshit. Anyway, I'm done.
0: I think he's talking about like the Hollywood cliche of we'll do lunch. You know, like that's where all of our business decisions will happen over lunch or whatever.
1: Fair. But anyway, I think it's kind of that- like,
0: I, I. whenever I hear that, I think of that one scene in Get Shorty. <laughs> Where uh, Danny DeVito like wanders into lunch like 20 minutes late and John Travolta's character is fucking hungry and is pissed that he had to wait and then he looks at Danny DeVito's character looks at the menu for like two seconds and then goes you know what I think we'll just have like a egg white Spanish omelet and you just bring it we'll just just put it in the, for the table we'll all just kind of pick at it and John Travolta's like I don't fucking want an omelet but the movie star has dictated what we're eating today and so we're having a fucking egg white Spanish omelet
1: I've, I need to see that movie again. It's been too long.
0: It's so good. Okay, none of that had anything to do with anything. Howard Stark is at the Arena Club. Right. Um, he has accepted the Arena Club's invitation to take a tour and consider becoming a member, but he's pissed. He is annoyed, and he's pissed uh, because he ordered a martini five minutes ago.
1: This uh, this has uh, m- uh, my partner's energy all over. <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> He likes timely service, right? So if he doesn't get it. He starts to go Howard Stark on their ass.
0: Nice. So he's annoyed at, and he's talking to Torrance. Torrance, I guess, is All the right, guy's he calls name. him Terry. Terry, uh, the the concierge of the Arena Club, who's like giving him like the history and the pedigree of the place and everything he's describing about this place makes it makes it sound boring as fuck. And right. so Howard's like, you know what? You know what to really spice this place up?
1: Women. Yeah, he
0: opens some doors and lets in a lovely flock of brightly colored, cheerful women and sets them loose in the arena club.
1: And all the old white men couldn't be happier.
0: I know, they're delighted. And Jarvis jumps behind the bar because the bartender sucks and is like, you know what, let me show you how to make a martini that's, you know, happening this century. (laughs) So that's very cute. Uh, But who is among the flock of brightly colored women? Uh,
1: Peggy, of course.
0: Brightly colored women, brightly colored clothing on women, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm not I'm like the women are. It's not like a bunch of Twilix just twirled in and they're all like Twilight? green and blue Twilight? and shit. Twilix, Twi, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's not like that happened. No, they they're wearing brightly colored. You know what? I'm over explaining it.
1: Yeah, you are. Uh, women wearing colorful <laughs> clothing uh, come uh, come prancing and were bringing joy to the room.
0: Yes, and oh my God, Peggy's dress. I love it. It's. So cute! It's got the the a little a little window right under her bust line that shows like a little bit of her tummy. It's so cute. LA fashion seriously fucking agrees with her, right? Oh, it looks so good. Anyway, everybody looks great. Peggy is snooping. She is she's sneaking around in some back hallways. She's snooping. She's planting little listening devices all around the club.
1: Now, question: hmm. Was this are these Stark Tech things or SSR things? Because I- they are Stark Tech.
0: So we'll, because she can't get anything from the SSR she's not supposed to be on this kick. Yeah,
1: so we'll put this on the Stark Tech bullshit counter then.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Listening devices in nineteen
0: forty. Right. Yeah. Remote, self powered. Yeah, no, not
1: so much. Yeah.
0: Everything about this is very advanced technology. Yeah. Anyway, uh so she's going around, she's placing uh <laughs> she's placing listening devices everywhere, meanwhile, in the front room where all of the feminine chaos is happening. <laughs> uh, Terry, the concierge, picks up a phone and says, security, we have a code pink. <laughs> 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 they have a code with security for somebody let a girl in the building. <laughs> There's estrogen in
1: the room. We're in trouble. Um, oh,
0: no. Not so even weird. at
1: a bathhouse would this kind of shit go down. The code pink? Are you kidding me? Please. <laughs> Please.
0: Sure. I don't know.
1: Not that I would yeah, know. Maybe
0: anyway so peggy is uh is snoopy snooping and she finds the room with the armor
1: yeah Uh she's got the switch in it she was gonna put one of those listening devices on like in the armor but right but i don't but she didn't even lift it up all the way because the door opened anyway
0: right the door was opening anyway because people inside the secret conference room were coming out and pause here if you have a secret society that meets in secret uh, in a place so secret that it's hidden behind a secret bookcase door. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you have somebody posted outside to let you know it was okay to open the secret door?
1: I have in my notes where the fuck is the security? <laughs> Thank
0: you. How complacent are these assholes? Or go
1: to some dude's towns. Why do you go to a private I club? I mean...
0: Why? Anyway, anyway,
1: Anyway.
0: um, so the door, the the bookcase wall opens and to reveal a parade of old white guys coming out. Of course. And Chadwick is having a quick conversation with somebody, uh, one of the guys, telling him that he's doing a great service for the country and himself. Huh? Huh? You sure are, buddy. Sends him on his way.
1: Suck my balls, Chadwick.
0: I know. But Peggy uh, waits for them to clear out and then slips into the room right before the door closes. And this room is a fucking jackpot. This is a cornucopia of evidence.
1: Uh, Absolutely. The first thing she sees are two newspapers Uh uh, that are explaining that a, someone running for a Senate race in California is going to resign due to a sex scandal.
0: Well, no, one of them says that there's a sleazy sex scandal. That's one headline. The other paper, both of them with the same date, July 16th, 1947, the one of one of the headlines says sleazy sex scandal. The other headline says uh so and so ankles election and resigns. So these are two different outcomes. Right. Two different headlines. Also, also, July 16th, 1947. It is fucking summertime.
1: Oh yeah.
0: So that means this fucking six-month timeline that they've been trying to say is completely untrue. It has been over a year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: Because we left last season in spring of 1946, and now it is summer of 1947. So, just saying. Set no, you're the time right. frame there. You're right. I love being right. Okay. So, uh, Peggy hears the sound. Sounds like somebody's coming. So, she uh, hides under the table. As one does.
1: As one does. And thankfully, the horror movie genre hasn't uh, happened yet. <laughs> because uh, if, I, if I were security and I thought somebody was in the room, the first fucking thing I would do is look under the goddamn table.
0: I think you don't even need a horror movie to tell you to look under the goddamn table. Like, why didn't he just immediately, I scan the room, I think, I suspect somebody's in here, I look under the table. I I don't, so that he doesn't find her and so we can have the plot. Right, right. Because she doesn't, it's not like there's a stapler under there for him to, for her to beat him to death with, you
1: know? Well, (laughs) I don't think she even needs that, but yeah, sure.
0: That's what she did before, last time she had a security guard walk in on her. (laughs)
1: That's true. (laughs)
0: Anyway, while she's under the table, she's trying to plant a bug. Uh, But the bug suddenly starts squealing and acting weird, and she has to smash it right before Rufus is the security guy. Remember Rufus from last time? Yeah. He's a fucking murderer, that guy? Yeah, Mm yeah. The the sexier version of John Travolta, I think you called him?
1: That's true. Yeah. Is he Mr. Hunt?
0: I believe he is.
1: Rufus Hunt? Hmm.
0: Possibly. Mm. Anyway, he comes in, he checks the room. Uh, Peggy uh, has to like scurry out from under the table with her, the wreckage of this bug that she was trying to plant. And she uh, like rigs it to start a small fire yep. to distract him in one direction while she goes out the front door. Much like when I'm playing uh, Horizon Forbidden West and I'm <laughs> Aloy, I throw a rock that way so I can go that way. <laughs> Oh, you That's, don't, that was you don't, and, what I thought.
1: Uh, I do that and then run into my own trap, and then that uh, everything backfires, and I have to start over.
0: Dude, having to the the trigger your own traps thing is bullshit, and I disapprove.
1: I yeah. Apparently, in easy mode, doesn't happen, but yeah.
0: Well, who plays that easy mode? People who enjoy the story. Anyway, anyway, God, um, Peggy sneaks out for some reason. She's carrying a large book.
1: I missed why she was doing that.
0: I don't know okay. uh, so that she can okay. say the next line because she gets caught by another security guy in the hallway and he's like miss you're not supposed to be back here and Jarvis pops up and he's like Miss Windy <laughs> the powder room is that way and Peggy goes all wide-eyed and goes oh I'm so sorry I just get so confused around books <laughs> what okay <sighs> bless her I know right but she just, again, playing on the expectation from men that women are flighty and stupid. And so she's able to get, get away without any kind of issue because, you know, that whole thing. Anyway, uh, Stark gathers up his bevy of women and they all leave to go back to his pool and play what he calls water giggles. <laughs> and we move on. We are looking at outside the SSR. Did you see the movie marquee across the street?
1: Uh, Yeah, with uh, something, something starring uh, Whitney, uh, 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 fuck, what's her name? Miss White. Whitney Frost? Whitney Frost, thank you. Okay. But yes, I did did see her name on the marquee. I was like, oh my God, it's her!
0: (laughs) Starring in a movie called Tales of Suspense, Mm. which I only recognize because of you telling me about old comic books called Tales of Suspense. Right? It's
1: a Marvel, (laughs) it's one of the older Marvel titles.
0: There you go. Mm-hmm. So I, li- I j- I'm starting to see Easter eggs. I'm starting to get this level of Marvel education. Oh my God, we're what's up? Like so what's up, smart podcast
1: now about the no? Marvel thing? Not, not really. Are we smart or are we just <laughs> we're catching
0: up? Nerds. Okay, we're catching up. Um. So Thompson is furious because they were told to stay off the case, but she went ahead and invaded a private club uh, without a warrant or probable cause and planted bugs all over the place. Yep. And he's right.
1: Technically, he's right, but he's also wrong because he should have not uh, taken her off the investigation. He should have listened to her, especially after watching the goddamn film. He's seen it for himself.
0: Right. But because he did all of that, she went, she could have maybe not just popped off on her own and done some really extra legal shit. Like this is not what she did while I applaud her. And I'm glad she's doing it because shit is bad is not legal.
1: She did the same shit the previous season, though.
0: It's still not legal. All right. Wait, did she did she plant listening devices in a private club? No, I'm
1: just assuming she broke a bunch of laws doing what she did, working with Howard Stark.
0: I mean, almost certainly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. she's like, okay, but listen, I saw these newspaper headlines that said, one of them said Anderson Ankle's election. And... Uh, <laughs> Thompson's like, the fuck does that mean? And Sousa translates because he speaks L.A. now. Uh, and Ankle's, Anderson Ankle's election means that Anderson is stepping down from his Senate race. I've
1: never heard that term before.
0: Well, you weren't in L.A. in
1: 1947.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> you weren't? That's or true. were you? Okay. No, no. So... Anyway, she's like, I saw this headline and it's got tomorrow's date on it and it showed two different things. They were clearly blackmailing this man with, by threatening him to either reveal or completely create out of nothing a sex scandal or he, or he resigns. Like, this is a thing that's happening and. Thompson's like, okay, fine, show me the papers. Um, she doesn't have them. And, um, none of the bugs she's planted are working because there's all these countermeasures in the club and Thompson is fucking furious. Because she did all this shit outside of the law and it turned up nothing. She's got no evidence. He can't back her on this one. She's like, well, no, we need to keep digging because they've already framed Jason Wilkes. Right. And this is where things start to escalate because Thompson gets in her face and says you are
1: so hell bent on clearing your pal Wilkes I think your emotions are clouding your judgment oh no
0: which every woman fucking loves to hear that you're so emotional your judgment is clouded because of your emotional emotionalness with your uterus or whatever (laughs) women are so emotional so Peggy who's already pissed at Thompson, and already kind of out on a limb anyway because she feels so fucking bad about Jason Wilkes getting killed, says, You're being a coward! You are so afraid of ruffling powerful feathers that you're doing what you always do. Burying an ugly truth and hoping someone will pin a medal on you.
1: That last line, she cuts so fucking deep.
0: Dude, there is a long pause where they just stare at each other and they both know she went too fucking far. Because... What, what did we learn about Thompson last season?
1: Well, he got a medal for something that he didn't feel like he deserved. Um, and that was like a whole thing that, that's what, that was one of the things that triggered his PTSD, actually. Uh, and, and he can, he told Peggy that in confidence.
0: In confidence. Here's the thing. He, this thing that he did, he killed some Japanese soldiers that were, that he found in his camp during the war. Uh, but, found their fucking white flag. They were trying to surrender, but he didn't see it until after they were already dead. So he literally buried the ugly truth of that by burying that white flag. And he told her that in confidence. (sighs) So, yeah, she went too fucking far. They both know it, but there's no taking it back.
1: Nope.
0: So Thompson orders her ass back to New York. And so she stomps out of the room again. And Sousa stomps after her uh, with his crutches. But much to Peggy's surprise, Sousa agrees with Thompson.
1: In principle, right?
0: In principle. Right. Like, she really did go too far. And also, she didn't tell him what she was doing at all. And so she's blaming herself too much for Wilkes. And she he can't fucking help her if she keeps doing this whole fucking Lone Ranger act right. that she's doing. Uh, and they're about to get into it right there in the middle of the SSR offices when... Sh- what happens?
1: Shit is floating around her, like pen- fucking shit is floating shit.
0: on her desk. And
1: I'm like, ah,
0: what's going on right <laughs> now?
1: Oh my god! Um, yeah. So and then yeah. and then commercial break. Holy fuck! Uh, <laughs> well,
0: no, they they see it, and Peggy's like, no, 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 no. stay away from me. I have been uh, contaminated with zero matter. That's what this is, right? Because that's what happened in the zero matter take. Right, because everything started floating. So, uh, ho ho. Yeah. Oh damn.
1: And then there's a commercial there's a supposed you know, commercial break. Obviously if you're watching this on streaming there's no commercials, but the the scene breaks like a commercial break and then we're back at Stark's place. Uh, right. where Stark is just putting <laughs> Cyrus is putting like random shit around her to see what floats and what doesn't
0: well it seems random he like puts a pen up and it floats next to her and she's just standing there with her arms out uh he goes over to the kitchen he grabs a kitchen thermometer and holds that puts that next to her to make that float and then he grabs like a bottle of wine it doesn't float it crashes yeah uh, so, and he was like
1: i should have used the cheap stuff <laughs>
0: yeah uh and Souza is look daniel Souza does not like it when peggy is in danger no And so he is um, a little short tempered with Howard right now, but he's because he's super worried. Um, He's like, what is wrong? And Howard's like, no, don't don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, She is not contaminated with zero matter. Have you noticed that the room is seven degrees cooler around Peggy because he floated the thermometer next to her? That wasn't random. He did that shit on purpose. Right. He was checking the temperature because he's a genius. and a fool and a genius and a fool anyway um the temperature in the room is seven degrees cooler around peggy and peggy's like oh shit like the lady in the lake am i freezing am i gonna die what's gonna happen right and howard stark's like no god (laughs) you're not freezing you're not contaminated with zero matter who can tell me how i know this and
1: peggy's like are you teaching a class right now?" yeah i'm like motherfucker just tell me what's going on like jarvis
0: raised his hand though
1: god damn it jarvis
0: like (laughs) god damn it Anyway, Jarvis is like, "There's a gravitational disruption around Peggy," and like, Jarvis, a what? Hold on, a whom? How much science shit are you picking up from hanging around with Howard Stark? Too Quite much. a bit, apparently.
1: Probably too much."
0: So, there's a gravitational disruption of some kind around Peggy. Anyway, we go to the lab and look. I didn't pick up a lot of what happened.
1: I so uh, yeah, Howard Stark is talking about how movie making is actually a science, not just an art. Um, it's the it's the science of capturing light, and he's been <clears throat> he's been uh, in. Playing around with inventing different ways that a camera can capture, uh, different spectrums of light that we cannot see mm-hmm. with our eyes. Like, you know, uh, uh, fuck ultraviolet radiation, all that kind of stuff. So right. he puts this, uh, all this crap into a perfume pump thing.
0: <laughs> and it's, randomly like bug spray. it's like a bug spray thing.
1: And yeah, bug spray can- thing. And he randomly sprays it past Peggy to reveal my husband, Dr. Wilkes is still
0: alive. <laughs> There's an invisible guy there. It's Jason Wilkes and suddenly he's visible because Howard sprayed all of this magic Stark tech liquid bullshit all over the place. So like I, ding on the Stark tech bullshit. I'm going
1: to yeah, I'm going to read you my notes right now. Oh my god, Dr. Wilkes is alive. Wait a minute, my podcast co-host is a jerk. Because, <laughs> because when I explained the comic book origins of this character and mentioned that he does an experiment that actually uh-huh. turns him in invisible, you didn't say <laughs> shit.
0: No, I did not. No, I did not. Why would I say shit? <sighs> You've never watched this show. You don't know. Why would I ruin any of this for you? You're already getting spoiled enough as it is just doing the research. So, yeah, he's invisible.
1: <laughs> I made peace with the fact that one of the hottest men in M- the MCU was dead, and he is not.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you, then you're right there with Peggy, because right. she's like, oh, wow, okay. And she reaches out and tries to touch his shoulder, but his, her hand goes right through him.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have mass. And then she,
0: then she asks the very most important question, why can't I touch him?
1: i also have that question i have that question why Why can't i touch him why can't i touch him
0: (laughs) anyway wilkes is trying to talk he can't uh so he howard stark has him say ah so that he can spritz into the man's throat sure sure i okay now he can talk yeah stark tech bullshit anyway Come to find out, Wilkes, in his invisible form, has been shadowing Peggy since the night before.
1: That's kind of embarrassing.
0: Did you see the look on Sousa's face?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Yeah, he gets a, oh, kind of like a little little sad look on his face to hear that there's enough of an emotional connection between Peggy and Wilkes that even though he has been tragically turned into an invisible man, he's been following Peggy.
1: You're the one... Trying to get her attention. You're the motherfucker that's about to ask some other woman to get engaged.
0: Exactly! a
1: fucking break, Susa. What
0: the fuck is with the face, Susa? You fix your fucking face.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean... Look, I get it. You're in love with Peggy. We're all in love with Peggy, okay? But you are going to ask your beautiful fucking girlfriend to be your beautiful fiancé and then your beautiful wife. So, uh shut up shut fix your face fix your face fix your face fix your face anyway wilkes is like oh my god yay i can talk whitney fucking frost was there
1: yeah thank you finally
0: (laughs) can we finally connect those pieces it feels like it's been forever we're only three episodes in right i know but, like, they cover so many miles in each episode,
1: you Yeah, know? there's so, no, way too much shit happens in each episode. Yeah.
0: Anyway, he info dumps to them about how Whitney Frost was there and stuff. He tells them about last episode. Okay. Um, Wilkes starts to fade away. Howard's like, shit, okay, I'm on it. And he gives Jarvis a grocery list of various chemicals to get so that he can make a, a version of his spritz that will be more long-lasting and he also, for
1: Wilkes. Right, and he also wants Jarvis to pick up certain cheese. And I'm thinking... Maybe Howard wants some fancy-ass cheese, some super expensive uh-huh. cheese. No, uh-huh. he wants fucking Velveeta.
0: He wants Velveeta.
1: Now, I'm not going to hate on Velveeta. Uh,
0: yeah, that's it makes the best queso. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But then Howard says, hey, do you think we can do fondue with Velveeta?
0: Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, would you like to know about Velveeta?
1: Are you... <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. So how about I take my headphones off and you tell our listeners about Velveeta? So
0: Velveeta is a processed <laughs> cheese product invented in nineteen eighteen and was purchased by Kraft Foods in nineteen twenty-seven. Originally, Velveeta was marketed as a nutritious health food. <laughs> presumably by the same people who marketed cocaine as medicine. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's all the information I have on Velveeta. Velveeta I had to look it up. It is
1: delicious. I do not want to know how that sausage is made, period. No. Ever.
0: Nope. No. I, I started to get into the weeds a little bit on the like recombining of whey products. And uh, I was like, you uh, know what?
1: La, la, la. I don't want la, to know. La, la, la. I don't want
0: to know. You know what Velveeta is? Velveeta is uh what you melt with maybe some butter and a can of Rotel mm-hmm. and you add some salsa. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, dip mm -hmm. your
0: chips in that dip your everything in that dip the dog in it so good okay yeah so anyway um (laughs) velveta where am i okay two bricks of velveta okay um also uh howard is in a relaxed la suit the style really suits him i the la style just looks fucking great maybe i'm just a sucker for an exposed throat collarbone situation i think you
1: are and so am i so yeah it works that's
0: fine Anyway, so Howard and, and uh, Jarvis are talking, and Howard kind of looks at Jarvis and goes, you know, you got a spring in your step there, buddy. You and Peggy make a great team. You let me know if I need to find myself a new butler. And Jarvis is like, I am more than happy in my position, sir. And Howard says, I know. I'm great.
1: But so is she. But so is Peggy. Yeah. Oh.
0: And just, I love that. But well, Jarvis seems happier. He is happier. Mm-hmm. He's so much happier doing this. Endangering his anyway. life for
1: Peggy. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, Howard's going to help with that. And because, uh, and he, he so, Peggy, bleh, I'll come in again. Peggy and Sousa come out and they're like, where are we with the whole situation? And Howard's like, I'm going to help because I can see how important this Wilkes guy is to you, Peggy. And um, Peggy's like, oh yeah, also there's this investigation and he's a good man and he deserves better. And Sousa's making the face again. Yeah. Sousa. Fix your fucking face. I love your beautiful face and I love everything you do with it. But now is not the time to look hurt that she has affection for someone else.
1: Sure, Jan. You have
0: a whole ass girlfriend.
1: I know. Peggy, Peggy, like, showed up. She was ready. She was ready to have a relationship. And you... She
0: called him. Right? Like, she was trying to reach out and bridge the gap this whole time. And he fucking wouldn't return her calls. This is all on him. He's having some regrets. Yeah, he's and Mr. Mopeyface,
1: Mr. Mopeyface. Yeah, yeah.
0: Go ahead and have your regrets. But anyway, all of that's just happening on his face, where no one, no one but us can see it, uh, because Peggy turns to him and it's it's down to business, right? Right. So they've got a division of labor. Souza is going to go investigate investigate um, the history of Whitney Frost and see, like, why the fuck she's somebody who was at Isodine with a gun, right? And Peggy... is gonna poke the bear. She's gonna go (laughs) poke the bear. I love it. And I love this scene between her and Whitney Frost. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, they... So Peggy... Who? Peggy just knocks on the door and lets herself into Whitney Frost's fucking dressing room at the movie studio. Sure. And... Whitney puts on a smile, is super polite, shakes her hand, and everything. But this whole scene is some real 1947 Mean Girls realness. Oh my
1: god, yeah, and the, the noir of it all. It's a yeah. It's a, a, a it's investigator walking to an actress who may be implicated in a crime, and she mm. gives her best performance, uh, trying to feign ignorance and. Uh, pretend that, you know, nothing's wrong, all that kind of stuff, and I just love the back and forth they do.
0: Actually, I wanted to ask you about the incident at Isodyne. It was horrible. It's just horrible what happened to uh, Mr. Wilson. Wilkes. Dr. Wilkes. Did you know he was a communist? I can't say that I did. It's so good. They instantly hate each other.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Because. Whitney Frost is 100% guilty and Peggy fucking knows it. And so they know that they are adversaries. And these two, Whitney is completely unshakable. Peggy is intimidating and Peggy is pushing some buttons and saying some triggery shit about Isodine and the lies and and saying that uh, a security guard saw her at Isodyne and stuff like that. And Whitney is completely unshakable and totally 100% confident in her cover story. Although she did say one line that I fucking loved. OK, when when Peggy first comes in, Peggy's like, oh, I was just the first time we met at the races. Remember, right. I was I didn't say anything because I was just so starstruck. And Whitney goes, no, please. We're just like everybody else. We put our pearls on one strand at a time. I love her. Get it? Like putting our pants on one leg at a time. I love her. Ah, ah. I love her. God, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so they don't really find out. Peggy doesn't really find out anything from that conversation.
1: Well, other than Peggy's convinced that she's she's. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Peggy's 100% convinced that Whitney is a whole ass problem. Right. But she doesn't have any proof or anything. Not yet. And also, Whitney is now 100% convinced that Peggy is a whole ass problem.
1: Which is a bigger problem for Peggy.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, um, Thompson is in Sousa's office. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's in Sousa's office. He puts the film away and walks and meets uh, that 70s guy, <laughs> that 70s show guy.
0: He doesn't put the film away, he hands the footage over to him.
1: Yeah. And and the dude's like, Oh, you're doing a great service for the United States, and I'm like
0: Ugh. Exactly. No, exactly. Did you hear that exact turn of phrase? You're doing a great service for the country. Yeah. Exactly what Chadwick said to the senator earlier. Ugh. You're doing a great service for the country. Ugh. So now we're starting to get a sense of where Vernon gets his marching orders. Right. From the fucking council.
1: Which we haven't talked about yet. In the episodes,
0: yeah, no, we don't. We haven't seen them right, connect right,
1: at all. Right, Not yet. but
0: we're hearing the same language.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. because
0: it's a clever fucking script. Because it's so good. Thank Go you, ahead. Jose Molina.
1: All right, right.
0: So, meanwhile, again, always, always with Agent Carter, we're bouncing all over we're
1: the place. Bouncing all over the place, but it's. <laughs> I mean, it, just because it's a little slower doesn't mean it's slow enough.
0: Doesn't mean we're not we're not just all over the fucking map. So because now we have all these different threads to follow. Right. We got Peggy doing her thing, going after Whitney Frost. We've got Thompson doing whatever the fuck is going on with Vernon, and we've got <laughs> Jason Wilkes and Howard Stark nerding the fuck out back at Howard's place.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you know they're working together. Um, Howard um, hasn't uh, is starting to show signs of exhaustion. Which means- um,
0: he's he's real fucking wired and he's real fucking white yeah
1: and he's probably on too much coffee
0: oh yeah Yeah. that's yeah that's he's like coffee coffee i gotta find coffee and he hustles out of the room and peggy and jason have a quick talk peggy gives him a pep talk about like no we're gonna get you corporeal again yeah we're gonna we're gonna work this out yeah
1: because because there's some question as to whether or not stark can pull that off uh i love that stark just like walks through wilkes
0: (laughs) Just literally walks right through it. Like why?
1: Why <laughs> the fuck not? He's not corporeal, right? So
0: right. And Wilkes is like, Ugh. I mean, the disrespect, right? Anyway, so we cut away from that to uh, Thompson and Souza and having a little after-hours chit-chat at the SSR. Uh, Souza is going through some files. Thompson rudely grabs the files and looks at it. He's like, Oklahoma. Why are you looking at Oklahoma stuff? Uh-huh. Let's have a talk about how I don't like Peggy.
1: Oh, Steph, we missed a really important part. No, we didn't. Didn't we?
0: What do you think we missed?
1: Uh, the part where Peggy and Wilkes have a conversation, like right at right the... No. In, no? No. No. That's...
0: We are... Uh, if you must know, we're on 40. That's at 47.
1: <laughs> How are my notes so out of order?
0: I don't know, but
1: I'm I love you. I'm going crazy. Okay. I, anyway, <laughs> we'll do you. We'll do you. One of, we're doing one it of us is more. We're doing it One of us is more
0: anal retentive about notes than the other, okay? <laughs> I perhaps take too many notes.
1: I, I you, want to cover is, all the details. That is facts. That is facts. I just, I just watched this shit. Um,
0: <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so yeah, Thompson's like, I want to bitch about Peggy. She's kind of a pistol, huh? And, uh, is like, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and,
2: he, and
0: so Thompson's like, so, uh, you guys kind of patched up whatever it was that, uh, sent you running to, to the West Coast. Oh, yeah? and Suze's is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't have a broken heart. Uh, in fact, I'm getting engaged. So, suck on that essentially uh and thompson's like okay congratulations i'll take you out for a drink and suza turns him down and you know i kind of got the feeling that thompson maybe really wanted to get suza out for drinks so he could tell him what the fuck is going on with vernon
1: i i i got that feeling too i got the feeling that thompson wanted to have a heart-to-heart with suza well he wanted to have a heart-to-heart with suza for two things one the vernon right. thing mm-hmm. and two if it wasn't for all the Botox that Chad Michael Murray constantly does, <laughs> I would have. And it's, that shit's true. Uh, uh, oh. I know. Uh, the expression he was trying to have on his face when Sousa says he's getting engaged. I think Thompson was doubting him.
0: Was thinking that, that the engagement thing is a lie?
1: Or if if not a lie, if, if Sousa really is going to en- get engaged with some other girl, Thompson's like, mm, but you love Peggy
0: yeah but look at all your vibes with peggy look at how you spent like the last solid 48 hours of your life with peggy like come exactly on,
1: exactly all right
0: yeah all right anyway so we are at whitney and chadwick's house it is late at night <sighs> My Whitney favorite is scene. getting getting undressed for the evening chadwick's in his pjs and she is bitching about peggy yep It's bitch about Peggy Knight, apparently. (laughs) It's bitch about
1: Peggy Knight. And Whitney's like, you need to take care of her because she's a problem, blah, blah, blah.
0: Right. And Chadwick's like, okay, I'll call the State Department and get them to call her off. And she's like, no. No. (laughs) I know women like her. Official channels will not cut it.
1: You need to call Mr. Hunt.
0: And like, A, who the fuck is Mr. Hunt? Mm -hmm. We'll find out later. Mm -hmm. Uh, And B, what what does that mean? And from the look on Chadwick's face, he's like... That means murder. Right. That means have her killed. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, look, we're already being investigated by by the feds. We can't we can't have this happen. So then Whitney turns on the waterworks. What a
1: wonderful fucking manipulator
0: she is. Oh my god, it's brilliant. <laughs> I would just hate if this caught the council's attention. Ding. Yeah.
1: And got it? She got it. Right she got it.
0: It wasn't her worry and her fear. Not enough. The fact that the council might have found out, that's what convinced him. So he's like, okay, I'll go call Mr. Hunt right now. And the second he leaves the room, she turns it off. Fucking All of the tears, gone.
1: And that's oh. how she makes him fucking
0: dance. Yep. Mm-hmm. But she has to. Here's the thing. Like, you can, we can call this a femme fatale thing. And we can be like, blah, blah, blah. She's so manipulative. It's what she has to do. Yeah. Otherwise, she's just going to be treated as this, this pretty soon-to-be baby factory for him. She, I, I, like, yeah, she's an actress, and yeah, she has this ability to manipulate emotions, but I get the strong impression that that's how she survives. Oh, yeah. That is a survival skill. And well, if, if you'll excuse me, there's a cat at the door.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm so sorry. I will be right back.
1: Y'all, it's it's the cat. What are you gonna oh, do? Man. This is real life. Well, come on.
0: Hopefully, I can get her to settle. Can you see her on the camera?
1: No, it's it's dark. <laughs> I can only see your skin because you know.
0: Because I glow like an undersea creature.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Down you get. Down. Down. Okay. So the boomer has arrived and has made her appearance on the show. Hello, boomer. Good job. I don't anyway. see anyway. She's here to supervise my progress. Okay. Um, so, fucking, what happens after that?
1: Uh, so, they're at Howard's mansion. And yes. Peggy's working out. She's beating the fucking shit out of a punching bag. And, and she's
0: being observed.
1: And she's being watched by somebody in the bushes. Jarvis comes out, and he's all, Hey, I'd like, uh, do you want a spar- sparring partner? And then Peggy busts out some, like, hardcore karate punch shit. And, and then Jarvis <laughs> like, Because, you know, Howard's great at... <laughs>
0: You can, well, he's like, "We could probably hire somebody bigger and tougher than me yeah. to get their <laughs> shit kicked out of them by you." I don't want anything to do with that. Um and so that's when Peggy's like, "No, I'm working out and it helps me relieve the frustrations of the day." Right. Is her whole thing. Yeah. Uh so
1: Yeah, so Pe- Jarvis is like, "Okay." And uh he goes inside and then uh a moment of tension builds and then Peggy is uh, there's a, a a choke line wrapped around her throat. Yes, which is such, she is a, such a classic noir thing. I love that. Yeah, uh, not that to, she, to
0: come up behind somebody and strangle them yeah. like that.
1: Um, and Peggy, uh, being the smart warrior that she is. Immediately tries to break the hold by uh, uh, tossing each other into the pool, which is so bad. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, no, that's a, that's it, a great way to break that. Um,
0: well, yeah, because now everybody's got to swim. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, they they get in the pool and now we've got a soaking wet Peggy Carter. And I really appreciate. Um, OK, I have two two sets of feelings about the soaking wet Peggy Carter moment. Oh. On the one hand, thank you show for not having any like lingering shots on her on her wetened bosom okay like she gets out of the pool but we're not like zooming in on dripping wet peggy carter's form for to objectify her in this moment because this is a fucking feminist feminist show right and we don't need to do that but on the other hand like <laughs> could we get just a little <laughs> a little footage of of peggy's peggy dripping wet, coming out of the pool, just a little.
1: I mean, she's a beautiful woman.
0: I just, look, okay, she's resetting my Kinsey scale, okay? <laughs> like, I um, I am mostly straight, but maybe less so Having since having started, you know, Agent Carter. Just saying, he- that's a beautiful uh, woman.
1: Heather, since doing these podcasts with you, I have, uh, <laughs> let's just say I have brought in my... <gasps> ...material to include things with multiple
0: <laughs> limbs. All right. Uh, look, I don't know if it's the pandemic. I don't know if it's, you know, the long-term lockdown. Uh, I don't know if it's in spending entirely too much time deep diving and spending all of this quality time with fictional characters, but I don't think anybody's straight anymore. Uh, Not uh, really.
1: I ain't.
0: I shit. J- well, you. Well, I mean, I'm, I. I, I ain't gay either. I'm just whatever at this
1: point. I
0: cannot. I cannot, in good conscience, refer to myself as straight, and I probably haven't been able to for years. But like this right now, Peggy Carter is really bringing that into sharp focus. That is a pretty, pretty girl, and I'm just going to have to fill in the footage we didn't get with my very vivid imagination.
1: Yep.
0: Okay, so we move on um during the course of the fight uh peggy manages to get her hands on her gun and she fires at him shoots the guy in the hand before he can shoot at her oh. although his gun went into the water so it wasn't so really working very well yeah yeah uh and voila fight is over hooray uh the next day peggy has a lovely choke bruise across her throat She's just going to walk around well, with didn't,
1: that. Didn't, wait. Hold on. Didn't Jarvis save like not save Peggy, but also come from behind and use like. A, I mean, yeah, a shoe? he he
0: jumped in. He jumped in. No, he hit the guy with a barbell. Oh,
1: okay. Hey, that's yeah. a improvisational weapon.
0: Hey, you're right. Impromptu weaponry. He used a barbell. Good and job, barbell Jarvis. Barbell does not feel He's, good,
1: by the way. No,
0: no. Uh, and that was most likely very helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next day, Peggy emerges from her room at Shay Stark, and with her lovely bruise on her throat, and Jarvis is setting up a new house alarm. Because Mr. Stark spent the rest of the night uh <laughs> upgrading the security measures on the house so that they don't get, you know, attacked again.
1: Yes, yeah, so and there's no such thing as a security alarm system like that in the late 1940s. So I'm going to deem right. that on the Stark tech bullshit counter, too. There you go.
0: <laughs> and so <laughs> Jarvis is like, uh, observe. And he opens the door. <laughs> And we get to hear Jarvis's voice saying something like, uh, please be advised, you are not welcome on these premises. (laughs) And Peggy looks at him and she's like, oh, that's terrifying. And he's like, it's a temporary measure. Governor does not spend the rest of time as a disembodied voice. Get it? Get it? Because Jarvis? Because Tony Stark? Because Jarvis? I
1: have bad news for you. (laughs)
0: Because there will be a disembodied voice named Jarvis later. Okay, anyway. So a hyper-caffeinated Howard Stark is flying to Peru.
1: Right. Uh, And and Wilkes is like, uh, Howard Stark is a bit of a menace, but, uh, you
0: know, he, he... He seems okay. Like he's, well, I mean, Wilkes acknowledges that Howard Stark didn't even question allowing the invisible black man to stay in his house. Yeah. And it just jumped into helping him without asking for anything in return. Yeah. Or anything. Howard's a good man. Bad boy. Good man. Right. But did you hear the name of the professor that Howard is going to be flying to Peru to talk to? Uh, No. Professor Abner Brody. As in Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Abner Ravenwood, and Marcus Brody. You're
1: giving me... I I love, I love this shit.
0: (laughs) I love it. Also, at the end of the scene, right before Howard scampers away and leaves those two to talk amongst themselves, did you notice the camera kind of lingered on a stained glass window? Uh,
1: A little bit. Do you know about that? Yeah, do you? No.
0: Okay, so that stained glass window is a circle mm. with, a, with a kind of a geometric pattern. It's an arc reactor.
1: What? Like, it's not
0: intended to be an arc reactor, but the window closely resembles an arc reactor. So the camera just wanted to look at it for a second to sort of what? get that Stark tech connection going oh on. Yeah, God. like Tony Stark's arc reactor. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Here we go. I love it. Anyway, so now we're on number 47. If you would like to talk about this conversation between Wilkes and Peggy.
1: So Wilkes is like, uh, I need to leave because I'm getting everybody in danger. And Peggy is like, fuck that shit.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because
1: first of all, I'm Peggy motherfucking Carter. And uh, right. (laughs) And, and second of all, um,
0: danger would be my middle name if my middle name wasn't already motherfucking so. And second of all, so. <laughs> I, am,
1: I am the one that got you in danger It's not your fault And Wilkes is like, uh, yeah, you got me in danger because I wanted to go to my lab With uh-huh. my research and uh-huh. deal with my shit Okay, girl uh, Right So, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of back and forth But ultimately Wilkes is like I still think I'm putting all of you in danger But you don't want me to leave So that's reason enough for me to stay
0: And then we all swoon because he's so dreamy. Even when he's a semi-incorporeal man, he's so dreamy. And Peggy's like, ha, ha, ha I'm going to go. <laughs> like, she's so flustered by that. It's so cute. I was I just,
1: too. Mm. But also, that wasn't what I was talking about earlier. Earlier in the previous lab scene where... You know, Wilkes was like being very insecure about the whole situation. And Peggy's like, you need to chill out. You've impressed mm-hmm. Howard Stark in a very short amount of time.
0: Right, and, right. And
1: you've impressed me. And I was like,
0: oh, my God. <laughs> also, because and Howard's, Howard Stark has said uh, he, you know, J- Jason Wilkes is good. Mm-hmm. He's Stark Industries good. So if we can ever get Jason his body back, he's got a job with Howard Stark for sure. And maybe even if he doesn't have a body.
1: Mm, yeah, still about to say I, work for they Stark. can work around that yeah. somehow. Yeah.
0: So anyway, Peggy goes to talk to Souza, and Souza sees the bruise around her neck and is not even concerned about it because he knows who he's dealing with. Right? You he's like, like yeah, oh, yeah, hey. <laughs> Usually, you got to fly all the way to France to get a hickey like that, eh? Hey. hey.
2: <laughs>
0: so. They get an info dump here where Kasusa did a bunch of research. And Peggy's like, what did you find out? And he's like, I want to tell you a story about Agnes Cully. Who? Exactly. Agnes Cully is a girl from Oklahoma. Turns out she's kind of a technical genius. She has a bunch of patents. Here are all of her inventions. Her
1: work put Isodine on the map during the war. You know, the radio frequency modulators the Allies used to send coded messages across enemy lines? Rotating the frequencies was her idea.
0: So who's Agnes Cully, Peggy wants to know. And so Sousa picks up a Hollywood some kind of whatever magazine with Whitney Frost's face on the cover and says, this is Agnes Cully.
1: So in short, Chadwick is a fucking beard for her yes. professional career.
0: Exactly. And so uh, Susan's like, yeah, Whitney Frost is the brains behind Isodyne Energy. And Peggy says, Every eye in the country is on her, and no one
1: sees her. Wow.
0: Yeah. So pause mm-hmm. here. This is where we get to talk about how Whitney Frost is Hedy Lamar.
1: <gasps> what?
0: Shall I tell you about Hedy Lamar? Tell
1: me about Hedy Lamar.
0: Okay. What do you know about Hedy Lamar? Not a
1: goddamn thing.
0: Do you recognize the name, though?
1: Uh I've heard that name before, yes, but I don't I've never yes. I don't Hedy know. Hedy
0: Lamar was a massive movie star in the 30s and 40s mm-hmm. and up into the fifties a little bit. Mm-hmm. She was glamorous, she was exotic, she was fucking gorgeous. Uh Hetty Lamar was born in Austria. I forgot to write down her birth name. It was not as cool as Hetty Lamar. Oh, the first name her is
2: now.
0: Hedwig something. Anyway, uh she had a brief film career in Eastern Europe before meeting Louis B. Mayer. As in Metron Goldwyn Mayor, as in MGM, that guy, that mayor yeah. met him, met him in London and she became an iconic Hollywood mm-hmm. star almost immediately. But it turns out she's also fucking brilliant. Hedy Lamar had no formal scientific education or training. She just had an insatiable need to tinker with and invent shit. Inventing new shit was just her fucking hobby. She invented an improved traffic stoplight. So she in- improved traffic flow everywhere that uses traffic lights. Whoa. Whoa. She briefly dated Howard Hughes and convinced him to change all of the designs of all of his planes to be more aerodynamic based on her research on which birds and fish go fastest. Wow. Yeah. And then... She teamed up with a friend of hers to create what is known as the secret communications system. And you can actually find the patent for this online. It is still active. Uh, they invented and patented a frequency hopping system that kept radio communication signals, uh, during World War II safe and secure and unjammable and trackable mm-hmm. by the Axis powers and also prevented allies, uh, torpedoes from being jammed and set off course. Wow. Hedy Lamar, Hedy Lamar changed the course of the war. But also, and mind you, she's still a fucking movie star. The reason she did all of this is because she could not in good conscience sit in Hollywood while this war was going on and just make all this fucking money while there's there's misery on the other side of the planet.
2: Wow. So she
0: volunteered her services to the United States government to create this technology. And this system, this secret communication system that she helped invent is the reason that today we have cell phones and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and GPS and any other wireless technology is because of what Hedy Lamar, Hollywood starlet icon, invented.
1: So she's kind of a big deal.
0: She's kind of a big deal and almost nobody knows about
1: it. And, and Whitney Frost is like the evil version of that.
0: <laughs> Whitney Frost is... Whitney Frost is 100% an homage to Hedy Lamar. You notice of all the movie star names that get dropped in this series, Hedy Lamar is not one of them. Right. And that's because Hedy Lamar exists in this universe as Whitney Frost. So, yeah, this is, that's, that's who she is here. She is this person. And so she did mm-hmm. invent, or isodyne energy invented. Hedy, Whitney Frost is what would happen if Hedy Lamar had been married to a capitalist. But she wasn't. Mm -hmm. For the most part, while she was in Hollywood, she was single. Or she was married to people who supported her. But Whitney Frost is married to the greedy-ass, terrible motherfucker who has decided to commodify his wife's genius while also hiding it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're blowing my mind right now. It's it's Friday night, and I'm learning so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway there you go that's enough for school time so what's going on in the show now
1: uh yeah so after that bomb dropped uh we're back at the arena club and that 70s uh-huh. uh that 70s show dad that 70s dad yeah <laughs> that 70s dad uh uh is uh escorting jack thompson into into this club where they meet
0: into the fucking arena club
1: yeah <sighs> where they meet fucking chadwick and yeah that 70s dad is like hey this is gonna be your new best friend you know he's gonna be a senator soon
0: Hmm. And then he shows Thompson a newspaper with a headline, a headline that says Anderson Ankles election,
1: which is interesting because that's the exact same headline that Peggy told Thompson earlier would be in the newspaper.
0: Exactly.
1: And Thompson gives his best oh shit face.
0: Well, Thompson d- gives his best trying to cover up. I'm having an oh shit moment face. Mm, right. Because he is still standing in front of that 70s dad and future senator jackass but yeah no thompson is starting to see that peggy was right because peggy is almost always right almost
1: always right yeah
0: god damn it why can't you just okay he couldn't hear her over the sound of his own bruised ego okay he's been so jealous and so insecure about her frightening competence uh and so threatened by her so threatened by her he had to fly her out to the other side of the country to get her away from him Okay, so yeah, that's why he couldn't hear her. But now he's maybe starting to hear her a little better. But we're still not done with this episode. Nope.
1: <laughs> one more. We have one, one more, more scene.
0: scene. <laughs> one more scene. Whitney Frost is sitting in her dressing room. And her asshole director, Kenneth, walks in. Ugh. <sighs> And, uh, I might as well now, because it's the last time that I will have to talk about him. Ha 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 ha. Tell you who's playing him. Uh, director Kenneth, and that's how he's, his character's name is director Kenneth. Okay. Uh, is being played by an actor by the name of Randy Sklar, who does in fact have a twin brother, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, he is a minor comedy TV, that guy. Uh, he's been in movies like Bubble Boy and Wild Hogs. Yeah. So there's that. Anyway, so he walks in and he sits Whitney down and he's like, "So, I just got off the phone with the studio." And Whitney's like, "Oh shit, what's wrong?" Because remember, this is the 40s. Yep. And studios are all fucking powerful and own their stars' lives.
1: Unfortunately, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's extremely glamorous fucking like livestock trading between these movie studios. And so to hear that your director just got off the phone with the studio means your ass is getting fired. Right. But he's like, I just wanted you to know the studio wanted to replace you, but I talked them out of it because you're my girl. You're my girl.
1: Yeah. Okay. And you know, uh, I don't think he was telling the truth. No. Right. No. I think he was trying to get Whitney Frost to a position where,
0: you know, because where she would owe him,
1: where she would owe him. So they start hugging and he starts to essentially he, sexually harass her. Like yeah, no, he,
0: get, he gets a little creepy. He gets a little handsy. Right. He's clearly expecting this uh, her to show some gratitude for <laughs> for him saving her job uh, on this movie. And so he starts to, like, brush her hair back to go in for a kiss. And oh, no, he sees the black thing on her head.
1: Yep, and he's like, "What happened to your face?"
0: Yeah, he immediately freaks out. He's not like, "Oh, you got some ink on your face there." He's immediate like, Whoa.
1: "What happened to your face?"
0: It's nothing.
1: That is not nothing. Wait, wait.
2: Oh my god.
1: So, let me read from my notes what I have. Uh a a a black blob uh exudes from Whitney Frost and she consumes his soul and body. <laughs>
0: Like, black veins start appearing all over the director's body. Goo pours forth from his mouth, covers his whole head, eats his whole body up, and then gets right back up into Whitney's body. She ate the director.
1: He's gone. With her goo. There's no evidence of him whatsoever. Nothing. He's
0: gone. Gone, gone. And and then she turns and looks in the mirror.
1: Freaking out, because she just consumed somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she looks and sees that the little, the little black scratch on her face grows like two inches, because she fed it. I guess. I guess. I don't know what the don't fuck is yet. happening. Uh, and that's how we end the episode. And that's the end of the Whitney fucking Frost, episode, right? I'm like, Whitney Frost eats a man. Oh my okay. God. Um. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. This episode was a lot. Which is why we took so long, <laughs> took over two hours to talk about it. I don't know
0: why we think we're ever going to do less than a goddamn two-hour episode.
1: I don't know either. But I I fucking love this episode. So It was so good. Yeah, yeah. It's so damn <laughs> I good. I
0: love it. It hits all the notes for me. Yeah. It's got the humor. It's got the romance. It makes my heart go pity-pat and also I'm furious. I love it.
1: Right. Uh, I've been on a journey. We're, I, it was a journey and I'm, I... The thing that's been missing for this show is just a pure noir, and I got it, and I couldn't be Finally happier. Finally got it. I'm so happy.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I'm really interested to see, because I, I it's been a while since I have watched this series. And right. I certainly didn't watch it with any kind of analytical eye. I was mostly just going, look at the pretty people doing cool stuff. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see if we can maintain this kind of pacing mm-hmm. going forward through the series. Yeah, so, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm
1: deaf interested going to Deaf next. interested. Most deaf. Deaf. Girl. Miss
0: definitely. Okay. So um, I feel like I've used every word that was ever in my brain. Um, do you have anything else to talk about uh, for this episode?
1: Nope. I am ready to outro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh Before we outro, though, next time, we will be talking about Agent Carter Season 2, Episode 4, Smoke and Mirrors. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, okay, okay. Now we can outro. Okay. Ready? You ready. ready? I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. We do super appreciate that. Super uh, if you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We are... Perhaps too active on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You say I'm too active, it's because I'm the managing our social media. I'm not too active, it's my job. (laughs) Anyway, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at Marvelous underscore Divas, except for on Facebook where it's at v Marvelous Divas for reasons I don't like to talk about.
1: Uh, you've talked about it non-stop why, why stop I don't now? like it why stop now? I don't fucking like it uh, And also y'all You can subscribe to our podcast Via your favorite podcast platform of choice Please subscribe If you use a platform uh, That gives us a review We would appreciate that too And if it's, it's one true. of those platforms That give us a written review If you leave us five stars We'll read your uh, review on the air So to speak We absolutely will We love reviews Love them
0: We do, we do Okay I think that's it for now That's it Okay, uh, thanks everybody. Bye! Bye. Um, so I, uh, I woke up from my nap today because when you have chronic fatigue, you take a nap every day, right but I woke up from my nap today, um, just in the worst fucking mood, just cranky Mick cranky pants, just permanent scowl. Everybody get the fuck out of my way. And then, uh, so I was already in a bad mood and then I look out my window and see that my children have left my dog outside, uh, for a while, long enough for him uh, to fail his willpower check and dig up my fucking garden beds oh so, fucking no way yeah no i i lost three cucumber plants and a bunch of marigolds i don't even know where they are uh dirt everywhere so and the thing is you can't stay mad for long because it's like he forgets he did it after a while yeah so i can't uh, anyway so extra shitty mood extra god oh, damn it so i did what what any good theater kid does when you're in a shitty mood
1: Smoke weed and get drunk?
0: I listen to show tunes.
1: <laughs> Did you know
0: that life is a cabaret, old chum? <sighs> Come to the cabaret.
1: See, that's a musical I love.
0: What good is sitting alone in your room? Other words I don't, about I don't fucking cabaret. know the words. I've never... <laughs>
1: I, I, I can... Uh, With a few exceptions, uh, I can never retain the lyrics of any of the musicals.
0: Come to the cabaret. (laughs) Come drink the wine. Come hear the band. Right this way, y'all tables waiting. Anyway, we're have to pay the uh,
1: trademark in this shit now, Heather.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm butchering it. You don't have to pay if you're butchering it. And yeah, also, you do. I'm just, I, I'm just saying that I love it. Okay, that's all. I, I just, love it. I.
1: Well, which which it, version's your favorite?
0: Uh, I mean, Eliza Minnelli. Fuck yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I'm Eliza Minelli fangirl. So mm. that's the story of how I. This afternoon, dragged my own ass out of the cranky-ass doldrums so that I can get it together for this show.